target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really <laughs> exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. Ah! You're listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and produced by Nicholas Live. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? What is up, Mr. Lott? Hey, welcome to the show, Mr. DJ. Dude, uh, how's your day been? Let's see. It was actually really good. I did a couple of uh, skydives with our buddy Rabbit, previous guest on the podcast, wonderful pilot, wonderful guy. And then uh, did a work jump, did a hop and pop, got to post a video that I'm pretty proud about. Dude, Demo, have you seen this fucking video Nick made online yet? Oh, the dance video? Yes. Oh my God, I'm just happy I didn't get cut out of it. Yeah, you made you made the cut. It's great. <laughs> Were you part of the dancing crew? No, no I was. He's was boarding the airplane. On he's one of my boarding uh, the extras. Airplane. Okay, yeah. I I was like, I thought I really looked at all the dancers. So um, that's that's been fun watching people enjoy that because I sure had a fun time making it. Dude, uh, what hashtag would you say you would search to find this video? God, I don't know. I think I titled it. It's on the Skydive Spaceland uh, Facebook page. Uh, Velocity Sports actually shared it also. Uh, but I think I titled it like Skydiving Celebrations to Come or Skydiving Moments to Come or something like that. But if you look on uh, the, the Skydive Spaceland Facebook page, it's, it's definitely Skydiving right Celebrations to Come. There we go. So, yeah, you said, uh, dude, super cool video. If you uh, watch the Super Bowl, uh, what was that? The NFL uh, commercial. Super great parody of it, dude. You have a good time. Watch Hank throw some ass. Oh, yeah. The, there's a, <laughs> the group dance scene is by far my favorite. It's that and then the, the couple shots of Steve and Steve and Boyd together. Mm-hmm. That's, that's it for that me. That was my, I think probably the highlight was watching Steve go, let him dance. <laughs> Man, you missed You mentioned Velocity Sports Equipment. Shared it. Velocity oh, yeah. Sports Equipment. We are kind of twinsies right now, dude. Uh, with w- these shirts, have you, did you notice? Yeah, <laughs> we went to work today, and we were both wearing the same shirt. I came home, washed my car, at least changed colors because I can't look exactly like Nick. I didn't get to go home yet. You are home in my heart. That's weird, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, Velocity—they make the Infinity rig, uh, super awesome rig. Uh, Infinity uh, Velocity Sports Equipment. Infinity actually supports the show. We can't thank them enough. If you're thinking about getting a new rig right now, man, Justin, look at what lead times are. But usually they're super short. So short, they match Nick's height. Hey, uh, go fuck yourself. I want to say uh, seven <laughs> seven weeks last time I checked. So the turn time is pretty good. The turn time is pretty quick, but also the price. Uh, I love Infinity for several reasons. Uh, number one, it's the most comfortable rig I've, I've owned, and I've jumped and owned a lot of the rigs on the market. Um, over the years, I just just become my favorite, but also bang for your buck. It, it is commonly going to be one of your more affordable rigs. So pricing uh, is good. You can also go nutso crazy. It's one of the most customizable rigs. You can get Liquid Sky to design your rig and add like a one to two grand tab on top of an already uh, <laughs> expensive container because it's not the cheapest board, is it? It's not. I don't know. I'm kind of balling these days. <laughs> Rolling in the dough, so whatever. <laughs> Buy everything. Did Sam get a new job? No, that's not true at all. I'm totally broke. <laughs> 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 Let's say seven to eight weeks. Seven to eight weeks. So, man, we really want to thank uh, Velocity Sports Equipment. If you're looking for a new rig, hit up your local favorite gear store. Uh, you can even go to their website and start your order and click your dealer from there. Uh, VelocityRigs.com. I won't try to spell. I fuck this up all the time. <laughs> and uh, go ahead and fill out your order. Design a rig. Nick, you recently designed your rig. I did. It was a lot of fun. And what I liked 
so I keep a lot of tabs open on my computer. Mm -hmm. Anyone who's been at my computer will see I usually have like between 15 and 20 tabs open because I'm usually working on something. Like I want to learn something from this article and oh, I didn't read this and oh, I got to steal something from that video, whatever. I have a lot of shit open. And so from the first time I designed my rig, I had that tab open and closed my browser at least 100 times. And their uh, design program kept my design up, which was awesome. I didn't have to keep redoing it. And uh, yeah, yeah, recently finished that design. It's beautiful. Dude, it is a good looking rig. Uh, hopefully you'll pull that trigger soon. I know you're about to order it, just waiting for a couple things to uh, finalize. Um, dude, cannot thank them enough. Thank you guys. Thank you, Kelly Farrington is the owner. Uh, thank you, Riley, for supporting us. Thank you for helping us. Guys and gals, check out Infinity Velocity Rigs. If you want to know why I like Infinity Rigs, on their website is an article I wrote for skydivingmag.com. No, skydivemag.com. Sorry, skydivemag.com. And uh, it's a article, not just a, a review of why I prefer Infinity Rig. So check it out, man. Um, all that aside, Demo, what's up, my friend? Not much, brother. Dude, tonight we have a guest that I've known since 2008, I believe, is when you first started jumping mainly at Spaceland. 2007, I can't 2007. Well, goddamn son of a bitch. Man, <laughs> I can't count. It's been a long time. Dude, I tried to do some math. And, and I remember I, I briefly ran across you once or twice. But the reason I want you here tonight is really how I got to know you the best. There was a team that, that got together, Brad and Stacy Curry, Mike Hedger, and Pete Ritsu. I was it actually started out with Kerry Levonic. That's right. Because, yeah. yeah. five. Yeah, because uh, Brad's brother was hooking up with her. <laughs> That's well, a whole that other story. A lot of personal information, really quickly. Oh, All dude, right. they were just hanging out. That's a lot of other good stories inside of that, though. There was that was that was a that was a great party. Yeah, there are some stories that just won't get told on this show, and that's one of them. So, uh, you were actually the video coach at yeah, that point. I coached from the video step. Yeah, and that, it was interesting for me to watch because you you it was really I think your first big exposure to coaching. You really were learning what you were doing. And, and the cool part was your openness to learn how to coach, and you brought in a lot of people to help and, and coach you through your coaching as well. And today, how many toxic teams are there? We've got four toxic teams right now. We have 20 active members in toxic. Now, I'm going to get more about who toxic is, but how many toxic teams have there been total now? Seven, eight? I, I did, a list, uh, did a list a few weeks ago and ran down through all the, the previous and past members and we've had a total of 32 members wear the toxic patch since its exception. And that's badass. And, and the thing that to me makes it so badass is the influence you have on fun jumpers. So many people get involved in our sport and they get lost. They don't know what to do next. And they have this drive and this passion. And, and there's so many cool things to do. But the thing that you've really catered to is helping them with formation skydiving and in particularly in, in the toxic case four-way. Man, what really motivated, like, why, the, why did you even start doing it? Just to give back. You know, I had a lot of people in my, in my early days that, you know, they never hesitated to help, you know. And as I got better, I just wanted to start helping other people get better. Truly and honestly, I do it for selfish reasons. It's, it's definitely, uh, people ask commonly why I do what I do with safety. And a big part of it is, is A, I got, I've made friends like you through skydiving. And my wife is safer and I am safer and my friends are safer because I teach and preach safety. So th there's that selfish motivation. You, uh, that first year you were player coach with, with the Currys. I just, I remember the Currys. I have a BS5. That's the name of it. Sorry. Trying to pour a drink. Um, how did that come to be? How did that, who put that together? 
actually started out with, uh, I don't know if you remember Scary Sherry. Yes, I do. Right? Yeah. Um, early on, uh, actually back in 2004 during our rookie year as competitors, we were, we were Team America out of Waller. And Scary Sherry was on a team at Skydive Spaceland. And, yeah, we, we ended up becoming friends. Well, I obviously, I hurt my leg in 06. And when I came back to the sport, I, I moved into Spaceland. Well, Sherry was looking for a videographer. So, and I had been shooting for my own team the second and third year. So I came in to video for them. BS5 needed a, a videographer, and they knew that I had four-way experience. So I ended up, they ended up taking me on as their coach, and I, I've coached from the video step, which I can't think of a better place to play or coach if you're going to play or coach. It's definitely the best view of everybody. There, there's no doubt. So I want to I want to rewind a little bit because there's things I don't know about you. Like when did you start skydiving? I made my first skydive in Elsinore in 1981, June. 81, 81 in, in Elsinore. Yeah. Static line. Yep, static line. Nice. Have you ever done a tandem? I uh, didn't do my first tandem until I had 185 jumps, and I did it with Pierre. So th- this was I know uh, Pierre. Yeah. One of the scariest tandems I ever did in my life. We jump out. I mean, first of all, you're getting on an airplane without a parachute. I'm like, this is wrong. So we get, <laughs> we're on the way up, and I'm like, okay, I don't like this. <laughs> but we're going to do it anyway. So we get hooked up. We leave the plane. Foolproof skydive. He deploys. Instant canopy. Both of us are just hanging there. I'm, I'm going to kill you when I get down. <laughs> <laughs> just both of us were in seeing stars. I mean, it's like I'll never do this again. But we survived, so I moved on. Is that the, your, your hardest opening you've ever had? Is this tandem opening? Probably one of the hardest. At least you had a buddy to, you know, go through it with. That I could cuss for sure. five minutes on the way down. Yeah, Because <laughs> he packed it. <laughs> Makes it easier. No, he had never jumped that uh, that rig before. And he was he had to jump with an experienced skydiver yeah. to get checked out. So he was doing his cross training. Cool, man. Hey, so. by the way, remember, keep that mic right, right. between whoever. Cool. Um you started in 81 in Elsinore Static Line. When it came to 81 Elsinore Static Line, um, how long uh, did you jump there? Was it just one or two jumps, or did you actually spend some time? I actually made 35 jumps there before I went in the military. Okay. You were in the military? hmm Navy? Yep. I can see you in bell bottoms, just saying. Right, thanks. <laughs> bell bottoms and, disc- and Dixie, a Dixie cup. cup. Yep. That's it. Jump you in the water they, and try uh, to float on it. Well, there you go. <laughs> hey, you can do it. You know, yeah. what, you know what they say about guys in the watch, Navy? Watch. No, no, no. That's, that's they spend a lot of time at sea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I had a buddy. Uh, dad was Marine. Grew up on Naval Air Stations. So he was in the Navy, too. Yes. The men's department. So I'll finish <laughs> that statement for you. <laughs> the, the Navy will commonly say the Marine Corps is a department of the Navy. And the common answer, and I didn't tell you anything new, did I? Nope. No, it, it is a constant joke, but I mean, the Marines do need the Navy. They sign the checks and they drive them around, chauffeurs and secretaries. What the fuck? That's I it. mean, you guys do a great job, and you wear bell bottoms. That's it. <laughs> Actually, I was on a um, an LPD, so we had twelve hundred Marines and eight hundred sailors. Where were you stationed at? San Diego. Um, the Strand. Uh, what's the name of it? Thirty Second Street. Thirty Second Street yeah. Naval Base. I was on Pier Ten. Yeah, my last uh, San Diego. One of my last real jobs was civilian contracted on North Island. Oh. So know know the area pretty well, man. Yeah. Um, do you know a little taco shop called Quattro's Milpas? 
It's been around for a long time. That, you know the dog? Is this the same place you told me to go to? <laughs> yeah, I tried to go there when I was in San Diego recently, and they were closed. They had super weird hours, like only lunchtime. Yeah. yeah. But they've probably been around for 40 years. Is it worth it? Oh, yeah. It yeah. was good. <laughs> See what I'm saying? <laughs> I love tacos. Dude, Quattro's Mopus is the shit, man. If you're in San Diego, I think the dive bell's still probably on top of that building. I ain't been there since 01, so I don't know for sure. Did You you went there, or did you just look online? No, for the I... Uh, Yelp. I was busy in the daytime, so uh, I didn't have a chance to look until I was back in my hotel room, and I looked it up thinking I was going to just go there for dinner, but yeah, I didn't go there because it's, it's, they said it was closed. Google Maps said it was closed. And if it's on Google, it is real. So you did 35 jumps. You joined the Navy. In the Navy. He actually had Gary <laughs> Derees. Uh, he was... Uh, Who? Gary Derees. He was a, a jump master... At Elsinore, he actually uh, flew to Great Lakes, Illinois when I graduated, and we jumped up in Sandwich with Roger Nelson and did some stuff Wait, up there. Jumped in Sandwich? <laughs> You're going to have to explain that to a young timer <laughs> like myself. <laughs> well, actually, in Illinois, there used to be a drop zone up in Sandwich in a, in this little small town called. There's Sandwich. a town called Sandwich. Yeah. Sandwich, oh, Illinois. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Midwest skydivers are not like right now. Uh, new new Midwest skydivers don't know that, but you've no. been around the Midwest for a while. You've heard stories of Sandwich because the name is Sandwich. <laughs> That's pretty easy to remember. So, man, you quit jumping in the Navy. When did you pick back up? I didn't pick back up again until 96 when I moved to Houston. And at that point, Waller was full-blown. Full Waller was Oh, was Waller was good. Yeah, Waller was hopping back then. Man, and, and a lot of our listeners are from the Houston area, and, and a lot of you guys may have heard of a place recently called Skydive Houston, and it's the same name and the same logo. It's a, a different owner, different company. Same location. But they're back at Waller. Yeah. And, and nothing against Jimmy. He's a nice enough guy. But what Waller was, what Skydive Houston was, and he might return it to its old glory, but you'll never have the same thing again. He needs to get some airplanes. Yeah, he does. Yeah, they're just rocking a couple 182s, is that right? Yeah, they're yeah. doing mostly tandems, and that's their desire, is what I understand. So. It is. He owns Dallas Skydiving Center, and uh, he's been doing it that way for a while. Owned a DZ up in the Northeast in Connecticut, if I can remember right. Um, I've known him for years as an examiner. Um, but, dude, I got to go to Waller one time, and it was the last heat wave boogie. Yep. Remember the fucking goat? I still got I got all the shirts and I, probably a bunch of pictures. What was Andy? That Andy. was his name. Yeah, yeah, Andy the fucking goat man. Uh, I'll have to pull out that heat wave shirt for you sometime, Nick. Andy with his giant nutsack inside the logo. It was a pretty cool. Sounds shirt. Sounds like my kind of guy. Yeah, <laughs> that goat. They they had a pet goat and it ran free around the property for the most part. It was never in the way or a problem, but they had a pet goat at Skydive Houston. That's awesome. Yeah, we need we need more. I mean, we, there are a lot of dogs around at the drop zone these days, but I think we could use a mascot. Maybe, you know, keep one of the alligators out of the pond or something. We've got Ginger. Yeah. he's. <laughs> you can't tame that wild beast. No. Okay. I know that's right. I've been working on it. So you, you start jumping again. Hold on. I need to know more about this Go goat. Where did the goat come from? <laughs> How did Todd it come Bell, to right? be a goat? That was Todd Bell era. It was Todd Bell. Yeah. And it, that was, we actually closed Waller out in 2010. Um. And I think the heat wave, the last heat wave boogie was probably in 06, 07? No. It was 09 or 10 because I came up there and ran an, I was running an AFF course during that boogie. Maybe it was, maybe that was yeah. the last one. Yeah. 
Um, and that's the only reason I, I knew of it, man. Oh, my God, I had a good time. Uh, Todd Bell was a fun jumper when I showed up in Houston in 05. Super nice guy. And there were whatever problems with the previous owner running the business. And at some point, Todd Bell bought in. Um, some people will say poor business running. Some people will say he was disinterested. Some people will say other things. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, we, can t- <laughs> we can talk about those stories, but not tonight. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, Todd Bell bought the place. And talk about a man who doesn't deal with owning a drop zone stress very well. Todd Bell aged in five years about 50, man. But he kept some of his sanity by buying a goat. I'm sure, did you know, uh, what was the last I'm having a really name? rough week. <laughs> <laughs> I really need to get me a goat. Right. What was the manager's <laughs> name? He's old homie, right? Phil. Phil? Phil Phildo. What's Phildo's? Phil Schmidt. Phil Schmidt and I used to work together in Indiana, so I knew him well. I, I'm, hey, Phildo. Uh, Dude, Phil, give me a goat. <laughs> <laughs> These are real goat. conversations that happened. And I'm sure <laughs> Phil was like, that's what we need to do. Like, Phil was all aboard on it. I'm positive. <laughs> so they had a goat. You'd find him on the roof right. of the building. What? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, and this wasn't a single story building. All right. Fuck the alligator. We're getting a goat. Too. <laughs> all right. I mean, but it, it had to climb the roof as far as there were like different pitches and slopes, trash can kind of covered. Well, bin, I want to go that can jump on to the packing room's the shortest spot, right? If he can get on top of, oh, I know what he's going to do. He's going to get on the loading bench, top of the loading uh, awning, onto the packing room uh, ceiling, and then onto the top of the hangar. That's that, his route. That goat was smarter than <laughs> us. He'll just climb the stairs to the deli and jump <laughs> up from there. I was just going to say, he'll <laughs> jump up from there. <laughs> well, he's smarter than you. Apparently yeah, I guess not, so. Yeah. <laughs> You made too much work out of that. Yeah, I was going the long way. So you start back in 96. From 96 to 2007, you make how many skydives? Actually, I was 96 and 97. Okay. Packing for everybody at Waller. I was just a packer. I'd make a... God damn, that's scary. I know. Tell me about it. (laughs) Is that why they call you Demo? Every Uh, time you pitch? No, actually, I didn't get my nickname until later, but I packed 96 and 97 and then actually (laughs) went and helped... Chuck opened Skydive USA. Wharton. Uh-huh. And uh, hung out there for a few months and then actually hung up my rig again. Um, raising kids. Did we even discuss your real name? John. I'm just, I'm just again, remembering that, that demo that well is not your secret actual for name. many, many years. John. Yeah. Okay, let's not talk about your real name. Let's just talk about where the name demo comes from. So yes, I, John, let's find out. So I come back in 2000. And actually, I hadn't even been back yet. I was going to church at a church in, El- in uh, Conroe called The Ark. And I was an usher. Well, somebody had told Tuna that... God damn. There was a... <laughs> there you go. There was a skydiver that was an usher. And he goes, ah, I'll go see if they're a real skydiver or not, right? Comes walking up. So I heard you're a skydiver. I'm like... You yeah. sound like... <laughs> I, know, I mean, that's who he was. Dude, you sounded just like him, though. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I've made a few jumps. He's like, what, one or two? I'm like, 100, 150? Oh, maybe you are a skydiver. So we had started an extreme sports ministry, and I had, you know, me and Tuna started hanging out together, so we incorporated skydiving. So I went and got recurrence before we did everything, so I wasn't one of the group. So... Uh, we take 40 people up there to go skydiving. 14,000 feet closer to God. Yeah, one person out of those 40 people <laughs> is still skydiving, skydiving to this day. You. Lori Mitchell. 
Lori Mitchell's part of that group. She was part of oh that group. Oh my god! And dude. she didn't want to do a tandem. She wanted it straight. She wanted. She went straight into the AFF class. Took her two weeks before she ever got to make her first skydive. Do you know who Lori Mitchell is? There, uh, uh, that's an incredibly familiar name, but I can't put a face to it. You won't know her background. School teacher. She's an older gal. Her husband. I can't remember his name right now. Alan. Alan hangs out in the middle of the pack. You're actually oh, with his okay. head. <laughs> yep, I know exactly. <laughs> what you mean. Yeah, and Alan really is the identifier because very, very few spouses support skydiving as much as Alan will with, with, with Lori because not only does he support it, he comes out and hangs out with everybody at the DZ all yep. day long um, and pulls recyclables out of yep. all the trash bins. Super nice dude. Um, holy shit. So that's how you and Tuna got to know Yeah, that's other. how we met. Dude, man. It uh, goes way back. So that happened at what year you said? That was in 2004. I 2004. made my recurrency uh, with Kirsten Johnson in August of '04. Okay, now you have 100, 150 skydives somewhere around that point. Um, yeah, it was a little over 100 at that time. So are we to the point where John turns into demo yet, or are we still coming to right that? After that yeah. Right so, after that. So I come and do my recurrency with, with Kirsten. One jump, I'd been, I'd been seven years. Uh, made my recurrency, and then she's like, we land. She's like, yeah, you're good. Go skydive. I'm like, okay. So I make a couple small jumps. Next thing I know, uh, Johnny Tubbs, Larry Foyt, all these other guys are, hey, we're going to do an eight-way round. Oh, okay. So we all jump out. And, of course, Johnny is up there. Of course, we nicknamed him Potato Chip because he's, like, trying to get down to us. I come in and just docked a little hard, and we're like, we're going to call you Demolition. I'm like, whatever. And Demo stuck. Man, and one hard doc got you named Demo. One hard doc. Well, we had two Johns (laughs) on the plane, so they figured they were going to nickname one of us. And Johnny didn't want to be Potato Chip; he wanted to be Johnny Skydive. You can't have John and Johnny. That's not allowed. I guess not. And now we have Demo. I always thought it had something to do with your work background, and somebody told me that's what it was. I actually do demolition. Okay, but that's not where it came from. Okay, so I wasn't wrong about that. I was like, I swore it because you were in demolition, but now I'm now I'm starting to question what I know about demo. Well, we do we do a lot of dirt work and utilities, and we do a lot of demo work to get that point. So, so do your coworkers know you as John or demo? John. Now, before tonight, did you, the skydiving public know? Did, did we just let a cat out of the bag and everybody's gonna I, walk up? I probably have seventy five to eighty percent of fellow skydivers have never heard my real name. Yeah. Before tonight. <laughs> Most skydivers, Thanks. if you jump at Skydive Spaceland, you've heard my real name. You just never realize you've heard it. Oh, I, yeah, I've known it yeah. forever. Stephen but. Boyd pages me by my given name, Donji. Right. Donji's my given name. I don't hide it. I just go by DJ because white people find it easier. <laughs> um, I, I hate the explanation, Donji. How do you spell it? D-A-N-J-I. What's it mean? It doesn't have a meaning. What is it? It's Japanese. Well, it has to have a meaning. No, it doesn't have to have a meaning. Yes, it does. It's a name. Yeah, I was named after my... Gra- it's just a long story. So, DJ. What's DJ stand for? Dumb jerk. And they walk away. There they they leave it alone. <laughs> or damn Jap if you want to be racist. Um, so, there. There's my name for you. Now, you get to how many skydives when you show up to Spaceland? I was probably at close to 500 jumps when I... And when what, I started, what, what year was that again? When I got to Spaceland, I had just come back off of a... Actually, I think I was closer to six. I had broken my leg on my motorcycle back in 2006. So I was down for a year. It, didn't, it wouldn't heal. So 
when I finally got back in the air, that's an interesting story, too. The, the day before the last rod was put in my leg, I'm still broken. I'm going in on Monday to have a surgery, and they're going to put a shorter rod in my leg. So I call Tuna. I said, Tuna, meet me at the drop zone. Okay. I said, bring your rig. All right. He shows up. I grab his rig, hop out to the plane. He takes my crutches, went and did a four-way, jumped, landed, landed on one foot, stood there. He comes running out with the crutches, takes the rig. I hobble <laughs> back in. Next day, I went into surgery. I know you're lying. I swear to God. You said Not tu- even. You said tuna ran out there. Well, that's true. <laughs> okay, okay. You're, I, I stand corrected. I stand, just I stand corrected. Hobbled, I believe. <laughs> what don't I know about tuna? No, super nice guy. He's just a little bit older fella, and he's not really heavy. Um, just an older fella, a little bit. Oh, thick. he's just not ag- agile. Yeah, just okay. not agile. No, nothing, gotcha. yeah. D- dude, I wish you would have known Tuna. His real name is Char- Charlie, Charlie Powell. Mm-hmm. Um, and stopped skydiving because of back issues and just did not want to. Was it he back had health issues. Health issues. Didn't want to just, it wasn't worth it anymore. And he had his fun with the sport. It's actually his neck that took him out. His neck. He, he had a compressed disc or something in his neck. So. And part of the problem is skydiving with a bad neck is one thing. Being a camera fire, and that's what Charlie, that's what Tuna was. That's was all he did. Fire. Yeah. I don't know if I ever saw him jump with that one. And that's where I really can't wait for a fucking sidetrack. You start shooting video. And when you start shooting video, Nick, have you ever heard of a CCM? That's before my time, my friend. Do you know what I'm talking about, Demo? What does CCM stand for? I don't even remember, man. Cranial camera mount. So, Nick, imagine right now we get plaster of Paris. What plaster? Like, we wrap you in casts. Yeah, sure. Okay. And you sit there and put a neoprene scuba mask over your head. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I know. I I see where you're going with this. And then we're going to wrap your head, Justin, with all of this plaster. We'll leave little nose holes so you can breathe. Other than that, you're 100% covered in your head. And then you let this mold dry for how long? Do you remember? Uh, a couple hours. Yeah. We had, a, we had a group of us that did the whole project. Yeah. That gorilla mask, the stand is Valerie's head. Right. Valerie did it after you guys. Well, I've, still got my, I've still got my red, my red mold at the house. This yeah. sounds like almost as much work as putting my uh, 3M sticky mount on <laughs> my GoPro on my G3. Not quite that work. And then when it dries... A dude grabs a little, like, cast saw, except for when they did it, Bart didn't have his cast saw with him, so you guys used straight up a little circular grinding no, cutting wheel. No, he, he actually oh, he went and got the saw, yeah. Okay, he did? And then they cut that fucker off of your head. We still have the, ca- the cast and mold everything. I have everything. Dude, it's, uh, I can't do that. It was rough. Oh, the best part was taking Tuna outside, because he was in the cast, we walk him out. He's like, I got to go. Okay. <laughs> we walked him out in the backyard. Okay, go. Oh, we got video pictures. We're like, oh, yeah. I think it's still, I think it's still on the internet somewhere. It's got to be, dude. It, it's a good time, man. I, I just, the, first of all, it was one of the most low-profile helmets ever made because it's made carbon fiber and neoprene mask thicker than your head is. So super form-fitting. And then you can make the top whatever size you wanted. And most of you guys, most people who made it, made interchangeable plates. So you could have different top plates to mount different things. Just change out the whole plate. Uh, Bart was the one who actually... Bart, Bart's was awesome, dude. And he was the reason everybody started doing it, dude. I got I to gotta pull up a picture at some point, and it'll be really hard to find, um, unless you're on my Facebook page. But he made what ended up looking like the Green Goblin, which is what it, what it was supposed to That's be from yeah. uh, Spider-Man. 
and straight up dude puts the green goblin mask on for skydiving it's his fucking camera helmet this sounds like the 90s is that what we're talking about no this was in 2008 oh, no God. this was actually in 2009 when he shot video for uh funnel approach I want to say 2000. Okay, it might be 2009 when y'all made it. But because that's yeah. when he first started shooting video for me. Okay. It's uh yeah, but no, the concept is from 90s. You you're not wrong about this. <laughs> <laughs> Our story is from from recent history, but this it, it is a design from the 90s and a guy named Wes I can't think of Wes's last name right now. Uh came up with the concept and he would sell you the plans. But dude, it is intri- it's fucking work. You've got to design a, a top mount, you've got to like Take little pieces of it. Just I mean, crazy. The, the helmet doesn't cover your face, though. Well, right? Yes, it can. Bart's dead. Bart's dead. The only thing they had open was the eyes, and he had and goggles mounted in the eyes. God, I would never ever do that <laughs> ever. Some people just cover just like like the big full open face. A lot of people will just do it that way, which right. you know it, it's a completely enclosed jaw. Um, have you ever seen? Uh, do you know Scott Elmer? Scott and Die. Yep. Okay, their four-way team used to have a camera guy named Brett. Brett Thomas. Yep, Brett Thomas. Did you ever see them? I don't think so. He had a CCM. Yeah, his was yeah. Stupid U.S. Marshal. <laughs> he uh, Brett Thomas was a U.S. Marshal and uh, actually one of the U.S. Marshals for Enron. So he had all sorts of cool. Val- Valerie was on a team with him one year, and I got to hear some really fun stories from him. Uh, the stories he was allowed to tell, or was drunk enough to tell. I'm not sure which what the answers was. Or both. <laughs> I'm just going to plead the fifth. <laughs> well, I'm really happy that uh, I get to skydive now with nicely made carbon fiber helmets that already fit my little head. I do. With I cameras would. that don't weigh 10 pounds. Uh, my, my smallest camera was a DCR uh, PC-15. P, the, the, that's when they're real tall, it right? Was about this big and about that wide. And about that wide. Yeah, PCs are taller. Um, there was one PC that was long body, not tall body, but that was not the one. So, um, so you shot your first year of video, your first year of vi- a player coach. You brought in some actual outside coaches. Can you remember who they were? Um, back then, I used to use Kirsten Johnson. Um, I think you brought somebody that year though from the outside, outside, like one of the bigger name coaches available. No. Uh-uh. Okay. Uh, Scott, I mean Scott Latness used to help out quite a bit as well. That would that would make more sense because now we think of Scott as more of a local, but he's been in the FS, FS world Scott's, for quite a while. Yeah, I mean he's he's a you know he's a national champion, he's a world record holder. I mean, big ways. He's he's done it all. He's also short. Just saying. I get to look over his head, so yeah, that's really good. But he's actually, hey, you know, we're the same size. You and Scott Latness, <laughs> yeah, proof that he's short. Thank you very I much. I think me and exactly. Scott in a fight against the two of you, we, we might win. Nope, there's no might about that. You will. <laughs> you, yeah, no. Nope. But Scott coaches with me a lot of times at Architects as well, even to this day. So I want to get to Architects in one second because that's what you're wearing. But now you've done that first year player coach. When did you come up with the toxic name? We came up with the toxic name in 2012, I believe it was. And who was the first toxic team? The first toxic team had. Grady Ferguson, um, Rick Crowsdale. Rick Crowsdale had just won the the uh, spring scrambles. Uh, had thirty nine jumps, um, and actually, uh, we had we had quite a few changes that year. We had uh, Cheryl Bob. We had Skittles. We had 
Oh my God, Joel Bevel. Uh, yeah, dude. We called I mean, him Skittles because his ha- his rig had more color in it than a bag of Skittles. It wasn't even more color. It was neon green. That was terrible. Red <laughs> and black. I mean, it was actually the the picture that you posted for this week has that group of people. Does the it? one at the top? Yeah, the hill photo. That the one at the top was Joel Skittles. Then, if you look at that rig on the on this week's ad. Yeah, yeah. That was him. He yeah. actually designed that rig, and, and I asked. I'm like, are you sure you want to go with those colors? That's going to be very hard to resell. And I've actually seen that color combination twice in my life now. And both people, I said, are you sure you want that color combination? Joel had already ordered it. The other guy was ordering gear through me. And both of them said, yes, I'll always own this rig because I'll never quit skydiving. Well, Joel was actually a replacement for Wright Rudder. Daryl Folger. Oh, I Derek remember the Folger. name. Derek Folger. I remember Derek Folger. And the reason we called call him, him right yeah. rudder is because his feet didn't fly like this when he was in free fall. They were like this. It's like, dude, how do you fly like that? It's like, what? <laughs> really? And we'd show him on video. He goes, oh, I didn't know I did that. <laughs> so that was his nickname was right rudder. That year with Toxic, you were still on the video step? No, I was, I was player coaching. Okay, you were in slot. So, yeah. so at this point, you've made the official move from video to, to player coach. Yeah. Now, since then, you've come up really far with kind of the Toxic name brand. Toxic is still the core team, or, or when I say the core team, the foundational team. We're the OG. The OG. You can either call it the original gangsters or the, like they do. Old, old guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going with old gangsters. I was at least going to give you gangsters. I was going to put OG on my, on my jersey like he's got, and I'm like, nah. Leave the door open too many times. The toxic jerseys. So now, what are the current toxic teams? What's the name of the So teams? I have Toxic, um, which has uh, Billy Whitaker, Randy Morgan, myself, and uh, Dave Lozano. And then we have, of course, Jet Boy, a flying camera for us. And then uh, we have uh, Toxic Heavy, which they're, um, they're working on their third year. And they've got um, Twitch, Josh Sherrard. Neary Boner. <laughs> These are their nicknames, yeah, believe yeah. it or not. I know. Um, just can't. They call uh, Josh Hines, they call him Ketchup, and Debbie Moline. And then they've got... So Jeff. Debbie is still going to be on the team well, traveling. If, from what I understand, uh, hopefully uh, Debbie will be able to finish out the season before she moves on. So, And then we have Jeff Moob for their camera guy. Um, and then we have, uh, we have Highly Toxic. Highly Toxic has Bill Johnson, Aubrey Hicks, Melissa Brown, and um, this this little guy over here. Random Ginger. Random Ginger. <laughs> You're not allowed to talk. You fucked up the intro. Yeah, just sit over there I and push buttons, I stupid. I didn't fuck it up. Nope, he can't push <laughs> buttons because he can't even do that right. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I've seen uh, I've seen that team fly and be together on the airplane. It looks like you guys have a lot of fun. Yeah, they 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 are a lot of fun. And then we have it's a good mix of people too. It is. Yeah, it is. very diverse team. Yeah, it's and interesting for us because Bill Johnson actually is right now heading up the mentor program for right. Spaceland yeah. on weekdays. And Justin is actually the assistant lead mentor uh, of the entire program in Houston in general. So half of that team is really helping with the mentor program. So you have a huge resource. It is. And you used to jump in it and help just saying used to. I've been pretty busy, mostly with work. (laughs) Used to. Mm -hmm. Excuses. Back when you used to coach. Excuses. In the sky. (laughs) Ah. Does he sound like an abandoned redheaded stepchild? He was was my first. He is still uh, one of my kids. Yeah, Demo was my first uh, mentor. 
my 26th jump. No shit. Yeah. We did burble hops. And now, so and I learned his name very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing, I was going to say you did burble hops, but that wasn't the plan. It just worked out that way. Well, right? I mean, wait, wait, wait. Look at this burble versus that burble. Yeah, it was tra- it was tragic. <laughs> and it's then like it had its own gravity field, right? And then we have toxic envy because they like to touch each other. Is that why they want toxic envy? Well, you know, then they came around with the the envy massage thing with all of the stuff in the news about. The massage therapist touching the customers, so they just which envy. massage envy is this? I need their number. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't hear about that? It's like a whole lawsuit and everything. No, but that's actually got uh, one of the one of the uh, old Spaceland instructors, which is is Tony Casino, uh, Angie, his new wife, Will Will Smith, uh, Will Miller, and uh, uh, Andrew. Andrew Clayton. Andrew Clayton. Mm-hmm. So that's highly toxic. No, 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 that's, no, that's, that's envy. toxic. But you guys are highly toxic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why the name highly toxic? Because you would really be the highly toxic one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They do a pretty good job trying to keep up. I've been in the tunnel with them. <laughs> I don't know where it came from. It was that name before I joined. Yeah, it was actually actually uh, highly toxic and toxic envy is a split of of the original highly toxic cuz Angela was on Angie and Andrew were on that team uh with Andrew and Aubrey and then Tony broke up the band Tony is fucking yeah. Yoko Ono <laughs> Yoko yeah. Ono we're just going to we're just going to blame Tony cuz he's not here Tony That's right. Yoko Ono being bitch <laughs> <laughs> but i got to say they're they're all a lot of fun to hang out with so this toxic string has gone on forever, and we're going to kind of tie these guys all back together because I have a few questions about new jumper retention, and that's really a lot of what you've done. Um, from sometime in this time frame, uh, Woodlands opens up a tunnel, I fly Woodlands. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably 20 minutes from your house as a guest. 10. 10. I just know the area you live in, is yeah. be, but I don't, didn't know where. Uh, 10 minutes from your house, and you start flying there regularly, and eventually you get involved with a group called The Architects. Yeah. And actually, I believe Marlon is the founder. Marlon founded it uh, a little over two years ago. Um, and I actually went up there with my son, Jacob. I think he was 11 or just turned 12. Um, had some belly experience, you know. But uh, we wanted, I wanted to go do some free fly stuff, and I wanted to hang out with my son. It was, it was affordable. So we went up and hung out with Marlon, did a little bit. When the the newbies would come out, I would grab them off to the side and try to help give them in some instruction on relaxing and getting better body position. Marlon comes over to me and goes, would you be interested in doing belly specific? And I said, sure. So the inception of the architect's belly specific happened. So as Marlon started architects, one of the questions I, I really had, and architects really, I think he focused on all flight early on, but a lot of people at that point were gravitating towards free fly because that's just his original crowd that was around him. Correct. Um, obviously, that you need starting on your belly is such an essential skill, and, and there was a huge need. I didn't know, and I was curious, were you or Scott or both of you? So it sounds like you were there at the beginning, and Scott came in shortly after you then. The, the architect's belly's always been mine. Um, Scott and I have a very close relationship, always have. Scott's always been one of my mentors as I was coming up in the sport and I couldn't think of a better person to, to co-coach with me in this, in this environment than Scott Latness. 
excuse me. I'm trying to remember. I, I belch on the podcast a lot, and I get reminded of that. So I actually, Nick, don't know if you mm-hmm. noticed, I turned off the mic and belched earlier. Yeah, I actually <laughs> haven't been hearing your burps like I used to. Because I You've did. Been <laughs> and now I'm back. So well, congratulations. We need to get you a mute button over there. I actually have looked into cough switches, um, but I just figured <laughs> doing microphone is much easier than buying a cough switch. A cough switch sounds like the turn your head and cough maneuver that the, that the doctor gives you. <laughs> Go ahead and do a quick cough switch for me. <laughs> I mean, I'll examine your prostate if that's where if that's what you need. All righty oh, then. Okay. Hey, agreed to come to this? Demo, could you uh, turn your head for one second? Nick, what you doing? And cough? No, no, no. We're doing him, we're doing him first? Which way do I look? Is there, is there a lesser evil here? Yes, I'm Asian. It's a lesser evil. Think okay, about we're it. Go skinny with that. fingers. Yeah, we'll stick with that too. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. We got short man over here. I'm thinking. That means Nick. I'm going to be aggressive. I'm obviously compensating. <laughs> <laughs> um, God damn. So, architects, you start coaching belly with architects. What? What exactly? So, I'm a new jumper. I. W- what do I do? What is architects? Um, architects is. I mean, it's just like any of the classes. We sell five slots. We we provide. I'm gonna stab minutes. you in the neck if you don't put that microphone in front of your mouth. We provide <laughs> point, yeah, point toward point, point the end of it towards <laughs> DJ. It's an this arrow. One, so this one, like there you go. Yeah, like and now we're on the right track. Notice okay. when we talk, I keep we wanting to reach like, across the desk. Like, would you stop it already? Oh. It's a penis. So. Keep it in your mouth. I know you're used to I it. Could have held uh. it better. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Don't forget to, to cradle the cord at the. Oh, end. is that what it is? I got this. I got this. Cut the cord. No, but we we do 12 minutes of tunnel time apiece. We do two-minute rotations. Um, it's $167, and that includes your coaching. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's so a great that's a price. Good deal. Wait a minute. Hold on. I'm going to fly 12 minutes total mm-hmm. for $167. Yep. Hold on a second. It's a, so at normal rates or common coaching rates, it's $250 for 15 minutes. Correct. So that's quite a bit cheaper. Yeah. Quite a bit cheaper. And really, uh, I'm rounding down a little bit. It, it would commonly go up from there. If you're buying tunnel time straight from iPly, it's going to be even more than that. You figure, you figure standard, fa- standard tunnel time before tax is around $975 to $1,000. If you want coaching, you're going to pay $200 an hour for coaching. And that's if you buy it by the hour. If you're buying only 15 minutes at a time, which is what you guys are essentially selling. Right. You're $250 plus it's for 15 minutes plus coaching on top of that. So with with the Architects program, you just, I mean, it's all inclusive and, and it's it's just, it's an incredible experience. It's essentially half price. Pretty much, yeah. And I really, I just, something that's being left out there is if you just buy 15 minutes, it's more than $250. Yes. iFly doesn't sell evenly by the quarter hour if it's a full hour it's about a grand if it's half hour it's more than half if it's a quarter it's more than a quarter yeah and so i've never really done the prices because i just bought a bulk account um i'm a skydiver it's a tube full of crack i bought a bunch of crack that that's how i figured it out so i've never seen an architect session is it uh just one person in the tunnel at a time you have multiple students no, we, in the tunnel that, at a time? i mean we that's why i I, I bring a coach in. Normally, Scott comes and coaches with me. Um, it gives us the opportunity. So I'll take an individual in for two minutes. When I come out, Scott will go in with one of the other flyers. But I'll get a chance to debrief the flyer I was just with and then prep the other flyer before we go in. But it's just you and the student? Or it's, do you have multiple just, flyers at the same time? It's just you and the student. 
Okay, cool. Now, uh, now as you get as you get more advanced and you and you become a better flyer, and you've got a friend that's that's been going through it with you or is a good flyer as well, and you guys want to do tunnel time together, we've done uh, we've done you know myself in with two people, uh, Scott and myself have got in with two other flyers and done four way with them. So we've done a lot of stuff like that. Um, it's, it doesn't have to be a one-on-one coaching session. Um, I really just, like the dynamic you get there when you're alternating between coaches. You get two different vantage points. Um, you know, Demo has a certain way to explain things, and Scott might have a different way. And everybody learns differently, and um, you can try out different skills. Whatever you want to work on, uh, they'll work on with you. Uh, so go prepared uh, with something that you want to work on in particular. Um, I've also done it uh, just the way Demo mentioned before. Um, had a little throwdown four-way team last year and uh, did uh, bought two slots and we fly, flew four-way with two coaches. And it was, uh, what, 300 and... Uh, 334 for two people. Yeah. 334 for 30 minutes, minutes of four-way, yeah. essentially, um, with world ca- world-class coaches. Yeah, that was going to be my next question is if, if two students in the program fly together, do that, does that double their time in the wind, essentially? Yeah, if they, yeah they can share their time. So I guess I mean if they both buy a slot and they both want to fly together the whole time, then we 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 don't. Architects is for you. It's not about us. We're there to help you guys get better, and that's that's what Architects has always been about: is to build better flyers. It's a it's a phenomenal program for me. It's a similar to the mentor program at Spaceland as far as the level of giving back and the level of ability. A lot of people see the mentor program uh, as far as it's just an entry level thing. But reality is, is you have to, you can, it's limited to a hundred jumps, but if you're excelling at 50, 60 jumps, we can put you with other people excelling, or we can put you with the right mentor. You know, if, if somebody in the mentor program were excelling, I would probably take them away from Justin Grubbs and give them to a really high-level flyer so they could get better coaching. Yeah, sick get away burn. from the ginger. <laughs> you need some aloe vera for that sick burn. Ouch. I just need aloe vera in general. Every exposure to UV burns the flesh. I mean, we have lights on right <laughs> and now. You're and you're saying these bubbling. two are generally I UV? I bathe in aloe vera. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what you guys do, is you do such a huge job of focusing on, on new jumpers. Yes. And, and giving back, man. I... I um, I love what what the architect program has been so far, and I just think you guys are still learning what you're doing. You know, it, it's the thing that you've always done is you've from day one. I watched you coach BS five, and it was funny. It was entertaining. It was a cha- it was a challenge for sure. Oh, I bet it was because I watched you coaching, and I'm like, I know what good coaching is, and that guy's trying his best. And you were <laughs> you were trying your best, and the thing that was your saving grace in my book is you weren't just making it up you were learning you were working you were finding resources you were talking to people you weren't just out there have you ever watched new jumpers do that just make up coaching oh absolutely yeah and and you know (laughs) when i see that happen i talk to them you know you don't you don't discard what they're doing you help build them up help make them better coaches offer them advice on a one-on-one level to where they don't feel like they're uh, being called out, or they, you know, they don't feel intimidated, but help build them up and and help them build their confidence level so that they can provide more coaching for other people. 
I love that, man. You can't tell a new jumper, no, you cannot. You Never. can tell them, if you want to do it, this is how. Try this. Yeah. Um, I, new jumpers, I kind of want to park there for one second. We do see a lot of new jumpers giving coaching. I've watched guys with 40 jumps coaching guys with 30 jumps. And I'm like, man, that's like a first grader helping out a kindergartner. It does have maybe a little advantage, but it's probably more destructive than helpful. Maybe you should be listening to somebody else. What would you tell those new jumpers who are listening? I mean, like those new jumpers who want to be the coach, who want to give out information. Obviously, your first answer is, let's make you a coach. Let's help you become a coach. Let's help you get there. But what rec- what advice would you give somebody with 50 or 100 jumps right now who wants to coach somebody? Seek advice. Really, look, look, to, look, to, look to other coaches. Look to experienced jumpers. How can I? How can but I? But I have a hundred jumps, and I know everything. Don't you get it? <laughs> and I have ten hours of tunnel time. Um, you do know everything. <laughs> no, I'm, fuck. You're a legend in your own mind. I don't remember who this person was because it was hidden behind uh, a helmet. But I was asking this person, "Hey, what do you?" I I love to ask people, "Hey, what are you doing on your jump?" Because the more I know about what's going on in the load, the the better I feel about what I'm expecting to see when my parachute opens or or in free fall. So this person says, oh, I'm uh, doing some uh, solo free flying, working on sit to head transitions. Cool. Awesome. How many jumps do you have? 140 something. Okay, <laughs> cool. Uh, and then I think my eyebrow perked up. I don't know if I asked. Him. No, he said, but I, I, got, I got tunnel time. And I was like, cool. How much? I got like an hour and a half. Awesome. You know that you've got very little experience, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean, I, I think for, for me, a safe skydiver is always... Almost always someone who has a very reasonable sense of self-doubt. Uh, I get really uh, off-put by people with very little experience and very high confidence because that's just a telltale sign that there's a bunch of shit they don't know, that they don't know that they don't know. Right. And uh, so that's usually the person that scares me. So I think uh, for me, what I appreciate from someone that I'm trying to teach, any- teach anything to is humility. Humility, open-mindedness, and being aware of the fact that there are people with way more experience than you who know way more than you do. And uh, shut your mouth and listen to those guys. Man, mic drop. Don't drop my mics. Don't, <laughs> don't, it's, on, it's on a stand. <laughs> don't break them, man. I'm trying. Gravity doesn't work. Um, I, I love you both say it. Give advice. And, and the advice I would give those people who want to be coaches is get coaching first get coaching get a lot of coaching first uh i've taken five basic canopy courses in my courses in my life three of them since i started running basic canopy courses i go to those courses number one to find current information because maybe because i'm teaching them now i'm losing touch maybe i hope not because i do a lot of research but second i learn so much every course an instructor says something that i don't or, or says something i do in a way i don't that gives me either a new way to say it or a deeper appreciation. And I don't have the most experience in the world, but this is my 21st year in 8,300 plus skydive, so I have some. But yet, man, I'm still wanting to see coaching. Uh, uh, Nick knows at some point I'm going to ask him to go, hey, go do a day of two-way head down jumps with me. Well, me transitioning back to my head because I keep bailing because I'm a chicken shit. <laughs> um, Let's do it, man. Dude, I had a lot of fun with Rabbit today. Yeah, um, absolutely, and it's coming very soon. I say very soon. Um, I might have some open time next week, so. So tomorrow, perfect. Uh, tomorrow, I have to help <laughs> Mr. Rob Parker out. Yeah, I, I don't even know who that is. So Rob Parker is a yeah, guy he was a guest has, on the podcast. Yeah. But I'm pretend to not know who he is. I we're asked, doing, doing I asked Rob Parker the other day. He's a champion sheep shearer. Does he call his dick <laughs> Spider Man? 
He said, no, what? why? I Peter said, because it's Peter Jeez. Parker. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, my God. The best part is, is it slings webs? <laughs> All right. Well, if you would uh, be so upset, (laughs) yeah. If if you would uh, and Spider Man want to take a break, you let me know. Oh man! Tomorrow, when I'm done with Spider Man, I do plan on doing some fun jumping. But I plan on uh, seeking out some of uh, my newer friends. I actually want to go get a jump with Henry Giver. So, um, um, dude, yeah. Anyways, we'll catch up to that. The tunnel. Spider-Man. 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 So Nick, Nick was on the point of, now remind me, it's it's 167? Mm-hmm. 167 for 12 minutes of coached tunnel time. Two-minute rotations. Two-minute rotations. Now, I, uh, first of all, let's talk about that two-minute rotation because to me that's super important. Yes, and 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 I know I know where you're going with that. Go Put for that it. microphone in front of your face. Um, we definitely Pineapple. don't. Yeah, right? Uh, <laughs> we definitely don't want to lose the, the altitude awareness or the feeling of what the length of a skydive is. So, and I, and I do bring that to people's attention. Oh, that's not where I was going. Um, Good. No, 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 man. I think two-minute rotations are super, super important. It, it's a whole lot more focused training. Yes. Um, I mean, you can, you know, how much experience do we get in a skydive? 60 to 65 seconds? So in a skydive, 60 seconds. When it starts to make sense, you We're need done. to deploy a parachute. Yeah. You're doing two minutes. Yeah. Why the second minute? For that reason, um, we've discovered that, you know, more than two minutes is, is physically exhausting. But less than two minutes, less than a minute and a half is really you don't get a chance for the light bulb to come on. Um, we get a chance to work with people more. We get to, to, to get more repetitions when we're working on a specific skill, verbal hops, for example. Um, so in the beginning, it's rough. You know, as we get through, as we get to the end of that first minute when we be deploying, we can still keep rotating. Kill, it's funny because I going. just thought that our last our last session in the tunnel of me and you training was also burble hops. <laughs> it was a little more sophisticated because I was doing a side body to side body burble hop. Right, right, but they were burble hops. Yeah. Okay, but but <laughs> jump get, number twenty six and now. But, but you get to focus. A few years yeah. later, doing the same thing. Yeah. You get to focus at that, that second minute. Yeah. Cement it right. Mm-hmm. Um. The thing that you said, though, too, so the first minute, you get it. Finally, the second minute, Nick's taking his microphone apart. <laughs> awesome. Hey, I'm just doing some maintenance over I think here. He's, is he done with his snack feast? Dude, I had a one bar. I had a bunch of cheese. I just polished off a of kombucha. I've been having a good time You ain't going to shit tonight, homie. <laughs> oh, dude. No, cheese does not slow my system down. I kept watching no. you like open the little packets of cheese. Like, how many yeah. is he going to eat? I ate the whole bag. I'd be eating them still if there were any more. <laughs> See, I, I was concerned. I came down here loaded. I was like, they're closing the door. <laughs> Why are we closing the door? I don't know. You did. Oh, because my pets come in here and go fucking crazy. <laughs> and the dogs knock over that camera, which I, that's a pretty expensive looking camera. I don't know right? how expensive that looks to you. A uh, that's webcam it. on a tripod. That's a pretty expensive. <laughs> when, uh, when DJ doesn't come. Do you know what? Uh, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. I was going to say, when he doesn't come to work, he's here being a webcam girl. That's, that's, his, that's his regular uh, okay, so daily you were, job. You were on the right line. Yeah. He said that. Yeah, publishing his blue balls. <laughs> I, I don't get as much gold. A cam girl? Is that what they're called? What, what do sure. You, what do you call that? What a girl does? Yes, it's a cam girl. Okay, cool. You really don't know that answer. Sorry, I'm not on the internet 
with as much I leisure told time you as I the like. website enough. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! You think I'm joking? Don't bring it up. Don't you start. owe me a hundred tokens? Damn it! <laughs> Whoa. But yeah, that's an investment in his cam girl. Okay, career. he went one step further than I understood. <laughs> so now I'm lost. Um. Now we're at 167 tokens for webcam. <laughs> okay. Right. Now Nick goes in, he gets 12 minutes. I go in, I get 12 minutes. We're paying 167 each. Mm-hmm. We share our time. Now we're getting 24 minutes each for 167 Correct. each. So what was probably 40% of actual retail value plus coaching for free, if you look at it that mm-hmm. way, now becomes like 20% of retail value plus coaching for mm-hmm. free. Um, how many sessions does the average new jumper do before they start going from the solo one-on-one with you guys to the two-way situation? It, it just really depends on their skill level when they come in. I mean, I've I've had first-time flyers that have never seen the tunnel before in Architects. Um, we've brought advanced flyers in that, that we flew four-way the whole time. So it just really depends on... I got my A license, 25, 30 jumps. Mm-hmm. What can I expect? Um, just really depends on what you want. Um, we, like I said, we we don't do architects for us. We do it for you. So if you feel comfortable um, in the tunnel and we see that you're flying well enough to fly with your friend that's flying as well as you are, um, then we're not opposed to putting two of you in there with us and, and doing some four-way. Um, a lot of times we'll take one flyer and Scott and I will both get in with them and do three-way to kind of, you know, acclimate them to other people being in the tunnel with them besides a coach. So now we've added a third obstacle and, and, and so that they're flying three-way versus just with the coach. And as they get better and their friends get better, then they go, hey, we want to do two-on-two with the coaches. So we'll, we'll do two-on-two with the coaches. Um. We, we, we're not opposed to anything that, that they want to work on as long as they're safe. And, and that's our main goal is for everybody to be safe. It's, it's so crazy to hear these stories from you because you never wanted to be a coach at one point in your life. As a matter of fact, you took your coach course with Bart Stone Street and Pete Ritzu to fill a third I slot. I only took to it because Bart out. wanted it. Yeah, you, you <laughs> filled the third slot for him. Actually, Bart or Pete and I both did it. So because that we of Bart. Could fill Bart's class. Yeah, just to get Bart to stop annoying you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that still didn't happen. He still calls me. Yeah, he still likes to annoy people. Man, what a good dude. Um, and in that coach course, you were uh, as much as you didn't want it when you were there. You were one hundred percent cooperative, one hundred percent attentive. Like, don't ever get me wrong. If, if people hear me say that about demo, some people don't pay attention. That's another story. Um, First of all, for me, it's very curious to think because that was early on in me being a coach examiner. You were on one of my very early courses mm-hmm. as a coach examiner. I would love to sit down with you today and let you see that coach course now for two reasons. Number one, your desire is different. Number two, I promise you it's evolved some. It, it, just a little bit. Um, right. or, or a crap load, man. What, what we do today, and you actually, Justin, got a sneak peek at some of our changes, at least with a PowerPoint part of the curriculum. It, it is way different. So I would love to, if you don't mind, 
I would love to come sit in an architects and observe you guys coaching. That'd be awesome. And look at what's going on. And then when it's done, walk away, make my notes, come back and sit down with you guys and whoever you guys happen to be and talk about the sports psychology of coaching and say, hey, this is what I saw you guys do. Here's the strengths. Here's the things that I might recommend improving on. And here's the actual science behind it. Um, I've done a lot of, of research and study and getting to understand education, andragogy, pedagogy, and, and sports psychology. So I, I would love, if you don't mind, to, to do that with you guys sometime. Yeah, well, you're always more than welcome. Yeah, and, and, and zero, just so you know, for you, not everybody else listening to this podcast, don't ask me for this. Um, for you, I want to come just do it as a favor. I love what you guys do as architects uh, to be able to come down and look at the coaching side of it and, and talk about what's going on there. And then also, I will tell you, I'm going to steal a little bit because you know who runs the mentor program. Mm-hmm. My wife and knucklehead over here, chucklehead. Well, um, I love your wife. <laughs> who doesn't? She's for, awesome, for real. No, she really is. Uh, but uh, as the mentor program goes, I, I <laughs> was that there. just a backhanded compliment for Justin here? Um, yeah, it's totally okay. Right. Yeah, I just want to make sure I didn't. I missed it. <laughs> he he knew where I was going. I missed it. Still can't drink it. No, you do love your wife. That was he was trying to make the joke that Valerie is great, and that Justin isn't. And, yeah, and you just got caught on Valerie is great because that's true, dude. Because she's fucking wonderful, <laughs> man. Awesome, I mean, it's for real, dude. Uh, but also to, to look at the mentor program with what we're at, because I think if we pay attention to each other, we'll both grow together. So um, you got into coaching. So many people get into skydiving for the love of skydiving. I got into coaching because I want to give back. But most people don't continue to skydive because at some point they run out of that passion and that love. And straight up, you will run out of the initial hit. You will run out of the initial high. At some point, there has to be further motivation. Your motivation must evolve to continue on with almost anything in this world. What do you get the most out of it today? Watching the light bulb come on. Taking a new licensed skydiver and teaching them something new. And when they get it, and it's the same with architects or in the sky, either one, the mentor program or architects. Um, I mean... The, the four-way coaching that I do is a bonus, but, but to see a new skydiver, get it. And, and their, their, their whole face just fills with excitement going, oh, my God, I understand. That, that's what drives me. That's, that's what's driven me for years. So Boner wants me to ask you about the helmet slap reset. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I want we'll, we'll get back to Boner in one second, man. I don't want to ruin this conversation right here. That aha moment. That's what drives me. It, it has for many, many years. So right now you mentioned it about the new jumper, and you say the new jumper. Sometimes that aha moment is that moment of stability. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes it's a moment of comfort. Like when they finally look comfortable, like, you look at it, man, you feel like you're walking right now. This is just normal to you. I want to know about some of the more experienced jumpers because you work with guys with three to five hundred skydives as well. All the time, they're not new jumpers anymore; they're, they're intermediate. But they still get that. They still get that aha moment. What kind of aha moments are you seeing from them? Um, when they learn not to move. <laughs> when they learn to fall straight down. When they learn to be quiet. You know, that's that's what the architect's logo actually came from the barn owl because that's that was always Marlin's. Uh, mantra so to speak is is to teach people not only to be better flyers but to fly quiet 
right? And to to quit to quit moving, to quit fidgeting, to quit bouncing around, but just just calm down and relax, and don't move. The hardest thing in the world is to sit still. Is to sit still. The the hardest thing to do in skydiving is to to fall straight down, to not move. And then that's one of the things that we really focus on. I love that 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 message of be quiet. So we call it noisy flying. And for those of you who who can't see the video of Facebook, those of you listening, we call noisy flying. You you might be being still as far as holding a position in the sky. But if you're being noisy, if you're moving your arms around, if your arms are waving around, if your body's moving, you might not be moving position, but just components of your body are moving. You're being noisy. Well, what if I want to imagine that I'm playing the invisible bongo drums in free fall? Because (laughs) that's kind of my move. Then you are winning the the invisible (laughs) bongo drums. But you're doing it on purpose versus... No, no, it's totally (laughs) out of my control. (laughs) So it's a, a, a noisy body is a sign of a noisy mind. And when you're perfectly quiet in the sky or perfectly still, you have the ultimate balance and free fall physically, but it means your mind and free fall is also balanced. You're calm, you're quiet, you're strong nonetheless. Mm-hmm. I love seeing that moment that people get quiet. And, and man, I'll work with AFF instructors with 2,000 jumps and not see them quiet yet. It takes people years to get quiet. And some people jumps to get quiet. I hate those people, by the way, those sons of a bitches. Um, that's super awesome. So it's that continuous give back. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask this question to lead to this next statement, but it, it just it goes here for me. Justin, have you ever seen that aha moment on a jumper in free fall? Oh, yeah. That's have you ever seen that aha moment on a very new jumper in free fall? Mm-hmm. What's the lowest level jumper you've seen that aha moment in? Uh, I would say... Dive flow four when so I can AFF. actually see their face. So AFF. Yeah. How different is that aha moment compared to the twenty-five jumper aha moment, the hundred jumper, five hundred jumper aha moment? How much more rewarding is that for you? Oh, so much more rewarding when they can actually turn and stop on heading. It's it's in- incredibly more rewarding. Um, seeing that happen for the first time ever, being able to execute a turn within the tolerance specified. And I think you get that demo because you said with architects, you fly with people who've never flown before. Yeah. So you've seen this. Yeah. Oh yeah. All the time. Is that the most rewarding version for you? Uh, Yeah, it is. It is. Now put a parachute on their back where they get to save their own life. Being an AFF instructor is what you just described to me. Mm -hmm. I will, I do not believe in pushing people into ratings. If you don't want a rating, you don't get a rating. You must desire it to be effective at it. I hope you get a desire for AFF one day based off this conversation. Just saying. Thought about it. Yeah. Um, right now, I'm pretty happy teaching people that. And you're have super busy. Become successful. Well, if that day ever comes, you talk to me, and you and I will work out what we need to work out with Price. You know, it's a little some under the desk. I mean, under the tape. Whoa, whoa, I mean, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Ginger's got the desk. <laughs> it's always messy after this show, and I don't understand <laughs> why. No, but for real, man, it's up to you. <laughs> How many jumps do you have now, Demo? <laughs> uh, somewhere around 3,200. 32. How many tunnel hours would you say you've accrued doing oh, all this architect stuff? A couple hundred. And how many of those are standing on the net? <laughs> a lot of them. A lot of them. And a lot of people think they want to get into tunnel coaching because it's super awesome. You get free tunnel time. No, you get free standing on the net time. 
We do get to fly a lot. You do, um, but you stand on the net some too. I do. I, I've flown. I've I've stood on it a lot, especially um, like if I'm working with a four way team, um, a new four way team that that we're working on individual skills. So they bought the whole session. Uh-huh. Um, I spend a lot of time on the net. One, I've flown an hour straight in the tunnel. It's pretty brutal. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> But I can do a lot of the coaching that I need from standing on the net, and a lot of times it's 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 more productive for me to stand on the net so that they have something else to focus on, besides oh, I wish I was flying like that, or oh shit, I don't want to fly like that. <laughs> so um, you know, just yeah, I mean, there's a lot of time standing. Um, I get a lot of students that, unless I put fifteen or twenty pounds of lead on them, I wouldn't be able to fly with them anyway. So. A lot of time is stand, standing. Daniela Fuentes. Love her. She's awesome. I'm sure you've had to stand with her when she was new. Yep. She is a tiny little girl. But you know I've Danny. also yeah. flown with her. Yeah. So, um, Patty. You know a little Patty? Yep. Um, that poor girl struggled in the beginning. Yeah. She's she an did. amazing flyer now. She spent a lot of time with us. Um Probably one of my proudest accomplishments because I watched her fly the other night with my son at Scrambles. She's, she's amazing. That's not even the same girl I started with. It, and it's not the same girl, not the same flyer. I Mm-mm. watched her the other day just sitting around and not skydiving, just hanging out at the drop zone. And the look on her face is very different than the first woman I oh, met. Oh, the, the confidence she carries behind her is incredible. And contentment that comes yeah. with it. I love Patty. But yeah. I'm flying with her, her husband, and her daughter at Architects. How much time does Ron have now? Uh, Ron's probably got... Um, he may have 45 f- minutes to an hour. So he's pretty solid on his belly. Uh, we, we we flew together at, uh, at the Scrambles last night. Dude, he keeps threatening to do AFF. He keeps threatening. He's, he's, I think yeah, he's going to do it. We're going to get him there. Yeah. In your own time. It's a sport he's, he's thrown. He's, he's real mechanical. He wants to understand things. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm a new jumper, man. All, all of this kind of background is a, a neat history, but it, it leads up to, for me, the ultimate questions. I'm a new jumper, and, and a lot of drop zones don't have the blessing of having a mentor program, having the blessings of having team, teams like Toxic, who really, we have a lot of great teams. I think Space Land Light are wonderful, wonderful people, and they do a lot of mentoring and giving back. But the Toxic program really is about building the new jumper. My drop zone doesn't have that. What would you recommend me as a new jumper to do to put my friends together to go somewhere with this? You know, four-way in general does a lot for one's learning curve um with or without coaching in the beginning and the reason is is because you're working with the same people all the time so now you're no longer here's your typical fun jumper you show up at the drop zone you run into some people you've met a few times you've made a few jumps with them hey we're doing a six-way okay so you and them are the only ones that you really know. You've got four new people that you've never jumped with. You're weighing in at 145 pounds, and you've got guys that are 250 pounds on the jump, right? So now I'm going to spend my whole time trying to get down to the formation. Or I'm the guy that weighs 240 pounds, and I've got a bunch of little kids jumping with me. So I'm going to spend most of my time trying to get back to those kids. So we spend a lot of time when we fun jump 
compensating for each other or trying to get to each other. Whereas if we're if we jump with the same group of people, and I try to tell people this, if your desire is to jump on your belly, grab the ear of your friends and spend a season doing four-way. You don't have to do competitions. You don't have to do uh, anything more than just take one weekend a month and say, we're going to jump together. Still go fun jump with your friends. Go free fly if you want to. By all means, don't restrict yourself to just that. But, but commit to a season of doing four-way with your three friends. You got three people you love to hang out with. You all three, all four get to, to, to skydive together. Now you get to work on yourselves because all four of you are working on yourself. I'm not compensating for you anymore. You're not compensating for me anymore. We've, we've, we've fixed our fall rate. Now we're going to try to stay close together and we're going to develop our own skills together. And that takes the learning curve from your fun jumper this way to somebody that's able to do four-way for a season to do this. And I've, I've seen it for many years. Somebody that's done has 150 jumps, and, and 100 of those were spent doing four-way for a season. And they go jump with a jumper or a couple jumpers that have 1,200 jumps that have never done anything but chase each other around in the sky and fun jump. The more solid flyer is the is the hundred and fifty jump wonder that got to focus on themselves for a, a year. So, uh, to me, there's, there's it's a no brainer. I don't know if I've ever heard four way described as focusing on yourself, which it makes complete sense the way you describe it. But I love how selfish four way turns into at that point because. You're skydiving because you want to. If you're skydiving because you think somebody else wants you to, then you should stop skydiving, by the way. Correct. And there's a lot of boyfriends, girlfriends, husbands, and wives who are in that boat. If you don't want it, you shouldn't be skydiving. Don't let your loved ones make you think you want it. Don't do it to satisfy them. If skydiving is what saves your relationship, then you probably shouldn't be in that relationship. Um, Sorry, but just my thought. If you get to go do it together because you both enjoy doing it, then it'll last. Yeah, I'm very lucky. I, I I have a spouse who loves to skydive, and, and dude, I God damn, I love Valerie. Um, I, but you guys don't skydive skydive together all the time. We went years without a fun jump together. Exactly. No, but 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 that's the that's the point. In case yeah. is you guys don't skydive for each other no. and don't jump together. You guys skydive because you have a passion to skydive. You just happen to have the same passion, and so so it works. But you guys don't use each other be, as a tool. You don't even jump together a lot of times. And part of the separated skydiving for us is, a, is actually an advantage because we leave the drop zone and we compare notes. Hey, this is what I did today. This is what I did today. What, this is what I learned. Well, this is what I learned. So really, we're getting extra growth. You get by to not build ch- from each yeah. other. Yeah, it's awesome. So your conversation leads into two ideas, and I want to ask about both of them. And first of all, I'll, I'll tell you what they are so we don't forget one of them is repeaters, so doing the same dive flow twice in a row. And mm-hmm. that's one of the advantages of jumping with your own buddies. It's doing the same dive flow over and over again is going to be beneficial to learning. The other part of the conversation is a lot of new jumpers lose a sport. Using this method you just suggested, doing four-way with a homie or with a group of homies for the season, or finding new homies to do so for the season, will not only teach you more about your own flying, but also usually... Everything I've watched with your system, when I say your system, 
BS5, the video guy player coach, who was just, it was so cute to watch you coach demo. Um, you, you man gave those guys everything and you learned so much and so much respect for the way you did it. But watching you today, it's like, damn, man, you look good. All of those teams did not stay, but a lot of the jumpers did yeah. for a long time. The importance of what you preach is, is, is retention through this process. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at, you look at, let's look, look at BF5 for, BS5, for example, right? Brad and Stacey Curry, world record holders, you know? Um, gold medal holders. Gold medal holders, you know? I mean, they've, they've done four-way, they've done eight-way, they've done 16-way. Mike Hedger, four-way, eight-way, 16-way. Pete Ritzer still jumps. He's, he's, he graduated on and moved in and did competitive crew. I mean... I call Pete Ritzu, hold my beer and watch this. Hold my beer and watch this. <laughs> Love Pete. But, uh, but, but he's a very accomplished skydiver. Yes. It's, he, he's, you know, if he wants to come and sign up for 40 ways, he's not turned away. He's, he has the skills. He has the talent. He has the, the, the knowledge to do so. And that's, that's all I've ever wanted to do is, is provide young jumpers a pathway. You know, something to strive for and give back to them. I mean, maybe one day they'll turn around and give back to somebody else that's new. And I think they are. I think they're out there. A good example. Who was your first mentor, Justin Grubbs? Demo McDonald. What's your position in the mentor program? Assistant lead. Once upon a time, I asked in a mentor meeting, who here was a mentee? And is now a mentor. And you were one of two people, I believe, who raised their hand. It was yeah. the first year we had that. John Cheeseman was the first and yep. the second. Yeah, and those are, those are our first two. And I asked those people, are you still here today? Are you mentoring today because of the folks who originally mentored you? And he said yes. So, so you understand, and so you know, and I think you know this already. But this man is doing what he's doing because of your influence. And new jumpers, use this motivation. If you really want to stick with a sport... Four-way might not be the most exciting-sounding thing to do up front, but after a year of it, it's a good time. After so many weekends, and only a few weekends, you'll be good enough that the frustrations go away, or, excuse me, change to fun frustrations instead of frustrating frustrations. You, you get to that challenging, fun stuff instead. Yeah. Back to the first half of the question, repeaters. To me, it's kind of like two minutes of tunnel time. Pretty much. Part of the advantage of doing four-way with your homies all season long, would you recommend that they do the same dive flow more than once at a time? We, I, and this isn't just me. This is by design. And, and you look at all four-way teams, and I don't know any that don't. And I would go all the way up to the big boys. Is, is we do the first jump. We walk it. We talk it. We, we creep it. We, you know, we do the mock-up. We make the skydive. We run back inside. We talk about what we what we did. What can we work on? What can we fix? We go back up and we work on fixing it. Do we do it a third time and a fourth time? No, because then it becomes redundant and we take away from the learning curve from the rest of, of the dive pool that we're trying to learn and to get better at. At some point, you have to A, divide your learning up and B, if you spell the word banana too many times, it looks wrong. Right. There's a point of redundancy that becomes too much, and then that's where overthinkers hurt them. I'm a classic overthinker when it comes to certain things. 
canopy flight, I had no problems. I didn't overthink. On my head, Nick has seen my face in free fall, and he sees me doing fucking math when I'm on my head. Like, oh, my God, I got the quadratic equation for my leg. <laughs> is. You've seen someone pucker their <laughs> lips, right? Have you seen someone do it with their whole face? Yes. yes yeah, leads back to the I'm not the puckering. I'm squinty-eyed. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Um, so the repeaters <laughs> are super important, yeah. important to you. And many times, many times, and, and we were I'd go back to what Boner had to say. Yeah, let's get to that. The, the reset button, right? It's you know you, you you walk the dive flow until it's fluid. You creep the dive flow to get the angles on your belly. You get it in the mock up. You get the exit down. You go through it five times. How many times on the airplane do you see four way people going? I know kung right? fu. Right, <laughs> because they're going through the dive flow in their head. You leave the airplane and you go. Who are these people, and why are they dressed like me? <laughs> and so as a player coach, and Boner was one of those at one point, the coach flies over when you got this deer in the headlights look, and he goes, right on the front of your helmet, and you go, oh, yeah, I remember you. Are you telling and me? And you go back to what you were doing. You're telling me you reset your Boner by violently striking the helmet. And Is that what we're... And, and you don't? Is that what we got? <laughs> No, I mean, I just wouldn't. I wouldn't describe it with those same words, but I'm pretty sure I know what you mean. <laughs> but yeah, pretty much. Okay, beautiful. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I have always loved doing a, a jump or flying something in the tunnel. That that second time, it's like you walk it the first time and you try and build all your visuals, mm -hmm. and then your first time flying it is kind of like the real dirt dive. I'll be like, oh shit, that's what it's gonna look like. That's where that person's right. gonna be. That's where my hand's gonna go. Okay. But that's what I love about that second round is you, it's uh, such a cleaner version, and you you have now now that you've done it once, you have such a better uh, aid for your visual visualization to prepare for the next one. Yeah, that, I mean that's what the tunnels having them local especially is really provided for the sport itself, and there's so many now, but but we get a chance to to really hone our skills a lot more when. We can't jump, and and I don't ever want to take away from the sport. I never want to take away from my drop zone. That's why we we try to do, you know, architects is never a daytime thing. It's it's always a week night that we do it. We don't do it on the weekends. We do it during the week when after dark when you really can't go skydiving. And I encourage all of my all of my architect students. You've done this Thursday night. Let's go do it in the air this weekend. You know. Go see how it feels when you leave the airplane. So, I mean, I, I never, ever want to take away from our sport. I just want to help make it better. You just want to make skydiving hours longer, day and night. If we could get away with it, yeah. Dude, what well, do you do you with are? that accent? Day and night. Would and you disrespecting my lovely southern friend over here? Dude, I, I was born in Virginia. I started in Tennessee and Alabama. And what? as a youngster, I had a little hick accent. <laughs> and I fought it my whole life because, to me, it's a lazy draw. You know, I'm and, from Southern California. Yeah. Oh, is that so? <laughs> and, when I moved, and when I moved to Texas, it came right back out quick. I don't, it's not heavy on me, but every now and then you'll hear me. That one was for fun. But every now and then, pe like people from out of town do say, yeah, you sound like a Texan. I'm like, great. Really? Yeah. I, hey, I was, gone, I was yeah. gone from California for a couple of years, and I don't hear it. But I went back to California like, dude. I'm like, what? 
I, I've noticed that that y'all word does creep in after long enough here. It does. It, yeah, that's a word it. I've carried my whole life, y'all. When I moved here, like, they, you picked up y'all quick. I'm like, nope. Or fixing. Had it my whole life. Uh, fi- dude, I love fixing, and I love even more than fixing. <laughs> finna. 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 I'm finna, finna go. Finna, finna go. Finna go. Finna do that. Finna, <laughs> finna do that for show. I like fixing, and I like wrecking. I reckon I'm fixing to. Well, which that's one are you doing? Wrecking or fixing, you son of a bitch? <laughs> See, I, <laughs> oh, I wrecked them so. I'm sorry that you wrecked them so. <laughs> yeah. I wrecked them so. <laughs> Man. So I want to know, let's say that they're going to turn on that windy little room just for you, the wind tunnel. Mm-hmm. What are you going to go in there and work on? What do you want? What are your goals in skydiving and flying? Well, I work, I mean, if I'm not, if, if I'm not working with architects, um, I'm working on my sit flying, my head down with my son. I, I, I didn't know that your son flew. Did oh, I? yeah. My 14-year-old is... Oh, okay, fourteen. That makes sense. Yeah. I was like, I haven't seen him skydiving with you. But no, yeah. no, he uh, actually, I've I've actually watched him coaching in the tunnel already. So, um, what's crazy is Demo's kid Jacob is not a short little annoying fuck running around the drop zone like Demo is. He's yes, actually he is. a really nice kid. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> He's still short and annoying. Actually, unlike you, he listens when you tell him to do something. That's because he, he was raised at a drop zone. He knows better. Yeah, dude. Anytime I've had a problem with Jacob, I just politely look at him and ask him what I need him to do, and he doesn't even say yes, sir. No. He just does it. Yeah, he's a respectable young man. No, he, he listens. He's a kid, so he's going to do fucked up shit. Yeah. No, your kid definitely. Him and JD were both always great at like, hey, JD, I need you to do this right now, please. Yes, sir. Just moves on. Yeah. Um, what what you do in the tunnel, excuse me, uh, what advice you gave a new jumper is one thing to, to stay in the sport. There's a lot of guys and gals at drop zones who want to become demo. I know it's hard to believe I just said that. Ugh. Right? Why would you do that to well, yourself? But there's a lot of drop zones <laughs> that don't have somebody who can mentor those folks, who has a minimal amount of experience. And I don't think what you had was a minimal amount, but it was minimal to get into coaching. What, I, I'm a jumper at a drop zone, and I really want to start coaching my friends. I still want to help start helping my friends. What should I do to get into giving back? Get some coaching. I mean, seriously, get understand the sport a little better before you give – negative input and if you're not sure seek out somebody that does it that's one thing that i did i mean i had i had two years of of four-way experience before i ever picked up bs5 um but when i picked up bs5 if i ever had questions i never hesitated to ask somebody and that's why i brought you know the kirsten johnson and scott latness and and anybody that i could grab henry butler um I would grab anybody that I knew that had f- better, more four-way experience than I did, and I would say, come and look at this with us. And opening that door fed me more information, gave me more tools to teach the next time. So if, if you want to do that, grab those people. I guarantee you, anybody that does four-way at your drop zone is going to be more than eager to to help you. They may not want to spend the day with you because they may have other plans, but I promise you if you say, hey, DJ, can you come over here and look at this video with us real quick? I'm not sure what happened here. Are you going to say no? Unless you're right in the middle of something, you're going to go, sure, let me look at that for you. Or hang on one second, I'll be right there. Right? Because skydivers in general, we're a huge family. We're all there together. We all want to have fun. A dysfunctional. 
nonetheless, we're still family. Oh, and for so, sure. So, but we all want to help each other, right? And we're all going to give a little bit of information at some point or another. If we ask, we're going to get it. So if we can feed off those tools, we can grow along with our students that we're trying to help. Giving, uh, uh, getting coaching is a huge part. And once upon a time, it was harder to get uh, because we had those resources for some of the smaller job zones. Having a lot of four-way guys, they aren't there. They're limited. But but just because they're limited doesn't mean they're not going to give you something good. Right. But today's day and age, there are so many tunnels out there. Within a few-hour drive, it is a long for, for some people. A couple-hour drive is common for a lot of people as well. <clears throat> um, find out who fun jumpers coaching a tunnel are. I, I will never take away from the power of good tunnel instructors. Uh, a good friend of ours, Jesse Tex, mm -hmm. Tex really started out as a tunnel instructor uh, and a tunnel coach and has turned into all of the above. And he's a great example of tunnel instructors can be great skydiving coaches, but the applications are very similar, but don't always cross over. So find out at your local tunnel who are skydiving tunnel coaches and hit them up. If you're interested in learning to coach, Go to the tunnel and get coaching if you can't get it anywhere else. Come out to, to big drop zones and get coaching. Go participate in camps like P3. Go participate in things. Um, we have uh, Texas 20-way, no limits, blah, blah, blah. No, Texas 20-ways coming up. 20-ways are coming up in June. I think it's 6, 7, and 8. Get you better that, put that microphone in front of your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pineapple. So really, that you just sidetracked me completely. Is there going to be a toxic 20-way team? Uh, probably not. Yo, that needs to happen one year. Yeah. Right now, any of, you toxic awesome. players, <laughs> any of you toxic folks, here's my challenge to the toxic team group. Current and or former alumni, toxic team members, in 2019, Texas 20 Ways have a toxic team. I'll give you guys a year, a year, a year and a little bit. We've had a lot of members, so if I could bring bring some of them back and make sure that everybody's current, we might play something like that one day. I think you can do it next year. I think that I, I think, think you the, can do it this year if you wanted it bad enough. I think the talent pool that we have uh, on the Toxic Family right now is incredible. Um, every flyer that we have is strong. Um, and mean, then there's me. Well, and then and then there's <laughs> and then there's the ginger. But no, every every one of my every one of my teammates my and my Toxic Family is is very focused and very very strong flyers this year. I'm really impressed. I had a few questions about some of the roster every year when they first get together because you get them very young and very fresh. And very quickly, this is uh, all, all the groups this year very quickly proved to me that, this, they're, that they're very serious about skydiving as far as their skill set, but still very fun-loving people. Yes. And <clears throat> the, the first rule of four-way, find three other people you like to hang out with. It's Nick, Nick will maybe I want you to chime in on some team stuff, but I did a three way team and we actually would find a dude and say, Hey, why don't you fly with us so we can jump with us? And we just would pick up somebody on the drop zone to jump with us. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, if we liked him, we'd invite him to go hang out at the bar with us. The next weekend, we said, Hey, we're going to go hang out at such and such. Why don't you come hang out with us? And if we couldn't hang out with him in a bar two nights in a row, we wouldn't be on teams with him. Um, if you cannot hang out together on the ground, you will not get along in the sky. Right. And we've seen teams dismantle each other over the year that way. Yeah, then, uh, I mean, one of the most important things about doing four-way, 
Don't be a critic. <clears throat> criticize yourself. Don't ever criticize your teammates. Mm. The first time you do that, it's over. Um, we have toxic. OG has a real good dynamic with Billy and Randy and Dave and Jet Boy. Um, Devin Devin Shows is actually coaching us for our second year. So, um, really, really good chemistry. We all get along. We all have fun. We never say you did this or you should have done this. We always come out and say, man, sorry about that. I, I really should have done this or I can do this better. Maybe I, you know, that was all me. So own, own yourself and you guys will always get along. Blame each other and you're short-lived. And don't do this externally, folks. Do it internally as well. A lot of people will say it but not mean it and believe it. No, you have to believe it. Yeah. Nick, you've got some team experience over your life. A little bit, a couple teams, yeah. What What would you say to people who are trying to put a new team together? What would you recommend they do? Gosh, I think it's a great, uh, great thing to do to, to find friends first, people you can stand being around, people who you know are going to be accountable and reliable. I think that's been the biggest struggle with the teams I've been on is trying to get with skydiving teams, doing four-way VFS teams, trying to get five people at the same place at the same time. Everybody sticks to the commitment of being there is extremely difficult. Uh, you know, we're all adults with grown-up lives and things to do, and if you can't, uh, if you really don't have the ability to commit the time to it, then uh, don't waste your friend's time and try and be on that team. Just say, hey, you know, this, I, I thought I was going to be able to do this. Sorry, it's not working out. And uh, let them find somebody else that's going to fill that slot or just decide that they don't want to pull your weight anymore because that's not, uh, that's super unfair. And that's the first thing we do at, at, at the beginning of the year is we put all of our can't-do dates on the calendar. And... That that's where we design our schedules from. Sounds like you're both saying clear expectations. Yes. Be upfront. We expect to do this many jumps this year. We expect to do this much tunnel time, if any, this year. We expect to hire a coach this year at this expected cost. Be completely upfront about anything that will affect money. We're going to travel to go do this because money is the root of many problems. Mm-hmm. So be very clear with those expectations and, and let each other know. That's what I tell all of my rookie four-way teams. This, and, and I get with, uh, you know, we do a team meeting in the very beginning when I, when I get a group of people that want to fly together. We, we sit down, you know, we'll, we'll come to somebody's house, we'll have dinner, you know, hang out together. Obviously, that's the first step of any team. But then we'll, we'll lay out the expectations and we'll explain. I really explain to all of my rookies when I put a rookie team together, look, it's going to require commitment. One, it's going to require a, a schedule commitment and it's going to require a financial commitment. So everybody has to agree, what are your financial limitations? And then when, when we grab the person with the, the most restrictions on their calendar – and the person with their their lowest financial ability to commit, then then that's when the team says, okay, we're good with this, let's do this, or I really wanted to do a lot more this year, maybe this isn't going to be right for me, or maybe we need to look at a different avenue. But we want to get it out on the table day one. We want everybody to understand, yes, you're not going to have time to pack yourself. So you have to count for that in your, in your financial commitment. You know, you you have to commit this week, these weekends. You know, you can't, 
do, oh, we're going to go do two jumps today and then we're going to fun jump. No, that's not the way we do it. So we lay down the all of the expectations for the group and everybody agrees. Yes, the whole team says, you know what? We want to do three jumps Saturday, once a month. That's our commitment. Okay? Everybody's happy with that? Yes. That's your team. But everybody's on board. You know, oh, you guys only want to do three jumps once a month? I think I'm going to buy out. I really want to do a lot more. Okay. Um, uh, you know, I can only do two jumps once every other month. I don't think this is for me. Be up front. I mean, they're your friends. Be honest with it. Man, it's life advice. Be honest with it. Be open. Be up front. Uh, successful relationships happen with honesty and open communication. And a four-way team is a Mormon marriage. Pretty much. You are married to... <laughs> Who's the husband? Um, <laughs> not, the player coach. Not demo. <laughs> You're married to four other people because it's five people. We, we say four-way team, four-way team, but you kept saying five. You kept saying it five people. It takes five people to do four-way. Um, look at uh, my other team that I actually player coached. Started out as a cameraman and ended up helping coach the, uh, the first year I was at Spaceland. And that was nine feet over Texas, Ooh. right? We had BS five. We had nine Val feet shot over video Texas. Of that as well. Yeah, Val well, shot. yeah, it was Val shot video for nine feet when I came off the camera step and filled a slot. Yeah, that's so yeah, that's exactly right. Do and you we, know who nine feet over Texas was? No idea. I don't think I've even heard it before. You got to explain who nine feet. Just well, the name's fun. I mean, you got five people, right? Sure. That's ten feet, right? It would be. Dave Stevens only had one leg. Have you ever met Pegleg Dave <laughs> we Stevens? We had nine on feet DC. over Texas. No, I don't think I have. Does yeah. he, he still jumps? Uh, every now and then with a guy named Johnny Tubbs or Johnny Skydive. Dave oh, that's Stevens, self-proclaimed, by the way. The, Johnny Skydive? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Johnny. Uh, Wait, so nine feet over Texas. Mm -hmm. Did all the other teams really have a leg up on you guys? Oh. oh. <laughs> that was <laughs> but, um, Peter Parker. We need the soundboard. <laughs> <Sorry, yeah. laughs> Man, oh yeah, he's he's so there. I'm on it. Hang on. <laughs> give me give me ten minutes and I'll find that noise. You'll you'll find that noise in ten minutes. Um, God damn! Now your comment maybe for oh nine feet over Texas. Dave Stevens did a thousand jumps in his first year. In his as first a, year as, as a uh, amputee. Yeah, he's missing half a leg. Got his AFF rating, if I'm not mistaken. Part of a thumb and part of a finger. Yep. Yes, and he got his AFF rating. Mm -hmm. Did you ever hear? So you, Dave actually got in a car accident, motorcycle mm -hmm. accident. This dude was going uh, down an off-ramp uh, with his, I don't know if it was girlfriend, girl, day, uh, wife at the time. I think but it was a girlfriend, a woman, yeah, um, allegedly. Uh, We're going to go with a woman <laughs> just because a drunk, it's a big boy. A drunk driver gets on the off-ramp going the wrong way, hits him. Dave wakes up in the hospital. He's missing half a leg, his thumb, and part of a finger. Did you hear what he did with his thumb because they saved it? He made it into a keychain. Oh, yeah, I remember that now. For many years, <laughs> his keychain for his motorcycle was a thumb. And even as an amputee, he rode for a while. Yeah. And somebody still stole his keys. I, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, he still rides. Man, I miss that guy. Super, super good dude. Dave would show up to the drop zone in his first year on a Thursday to grab his rig. And if he was grabbing his rig on Thursday, we would look at him and go like, uh, so we got bad weather this weekend? Yep. Where's good weather this weekend? Elsinore. I'm going to Elsinore. And wherever the good weather in the United States was that weekend, Dave Stevens went to. Yeah, I mean, he made a thousand jumps in the first year. Yeah, fucking absolutely nuts. And that's before the all-you-can-jump package. Straight mm -hmm. up paid for a thousand skydives. Motherfucker went at it.
Um, what do you do on April 7th, Nick? Well, I heard that there is an event at Spaceland that day. Is it a transitions event? There is. Uh, it's all about Canopy. So uh, the mentor program has transitions, and we focus on a skill set. We're going to do free Canopy coaching that weekend. To be clear, this is not Canopy coaching that fulfills the Canopy card. So if you're trying to get your B license, this won't fulfill it. But, dude, it's fucking free Canopy coaching. If you're doing a mentor jump myself, uh, maybe I'll have another coach join me this year. We'll see how that works out because DQ actually works for the drop zone as well, but also coaching with the rating center. Uh, we give out free coaching all weekend long, but that's not what I'm talking about. I mean, Nick. that just sounds like a really good reason to show up to the drop zone. Right. And stay for the Gravity Lab Karaoke Festival. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he found his sound effect for <laughs> So I want to thank Jimmy Rude. Jimmy Rude, uh, you know Jimmy. He's yep. a wingsuiter. A super nice guy. He just threw down a little bit more money to support the Gravity Lab karaoke oh, is night. Oh, so? Yes, sir. That's the pink post-it note on my lap. Beautiful. That <laughs> Mr. Justin Grubbs gave me. Now I can throw it away. Um, I miss a trash can. Uh, karaoke night. First of all, we're going to have a full karaoke system set up. 25,000 plus songs. We're going to have some booze. Bring more booze to help us out. Sing your heart out. If you're a good singer, I want to hear you sing. I love listening to a good singer you more than anything in my life. There. No, 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 no. <laughs> I think the terrible singing is worth the shit. Better. Yeah, even better. Yeah, Nick just you're on our team. <laughs> yeah. So my team. <laughs> come on out. I know karaoke can be a little intimidating for some people, but look at it. It's you just said it. It's your family. It's your friends. It's the homies you hang out with. We'll have something to loosen up those vocal cords. Drive responsibly. Drive safe. Have a place to crash. Um, don't drink and drive. Have a designated driver. So you can drink as much as you want while you're singing karaoke. Nick, I fucked up. Tell me what you did. April 7th is UFC 223. Oh, yeah, dude. I fucking <laughs> saw that. I saw that. And I was like, oh, I don't know what he's going to pick. Both. <laughs> Are we going to have the fights during karaoke? Both. Is that what you're telling me? So that's this. We're having a business meeting real quick here. So are, first wait, of all, are we going to put the fights on the big screen while karaoke is happening? You just tell me Ooh, yes, you could and it, I'm yeah. going to do Perfect. it. Perfect. Yes. Dude, oh. absolutely. So you don't have to have sound to watch. That, so that's, yes, an, yeah, that's, an, uh, that's know, one more reason to come to Spaceland. If you're a fan of the fights, we're going to have the fights at the drop zone. So... Uh, <laughs> we just made a decision, yes. Yeah, like so April April seventh, uh, we're gonna have karaoke night. I'm gonna have the hundred inch big screen that we use for the film festival and the projector out uh, until nine p.m. We'll have the Wii out, so you can play Wii bowling, Wii tennis, whatever. Play with your Wii Wii uh, <laughs> on the big screen. And at nine o'clock, we're gonna roll over to UFC two twenty three. Yoana and Jay check no uh, 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 Rose Nami Yunus and uh, uh, dude, oh my god. Nermi, 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 and uh, Ferguson, fucking, absolutely it, I crush. There your was main another co-main. big name on that on that card. There is. That's just the main co-main, and it is a card that I do not want to miss. So if you're an MMA fan, if you like bad singing, if you like violence, I might sing, <laughs> and that's violence. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that is violence. Uh, uh, MMA. We will be showing the fight on the big screen that night. Um, come check it out. We'll have a little bit of fun. We'll have a good time. But let's go back to Architects. Let's go back to Toxic. I'm a brand new jumper. And I'm serious. Like, man, I want to get into this team shit. And I heard Demo is a good dude to help give me guidance and direction. How do people like, hey, how would they recognize you on the drop zone? Really? You don't know this? 
Well, you look like Chuck Akers <laughs> with a goatee. Whoa, whoa. Oh. Why you got to go there? Let me pull up a list of oh, parents close by. You look shorter than Chuck Akers <laughs> with a goatee. <laughs> no, I, I mean, look me up. I'm in. Look you down. I'm in the. I'm in the. <laughs> believe me, I'm in the far right corner of the drop zone. I got. I got. I'm right at the exit door to the airplane. Um, that's where we live in the toxic corner. Um, I'm always there for you. Any any jumper wants anything, all they gotta do is come find me. I'm there. I say he looks like Chuck because he is a uh, shaved head. I won't say you're bald because there's still something that grows up there. Not much. No, it's a ra- it's a cul-de-sac. I realize oh, that. Oh no, it's almost gone. Oh, is it almost <laughs> completely gone? Yeah. Um, I'm the cul-de-sac, and I'm still hanging on for dear life. Hey, Justin, how's that full head of hair treating you? Doing pretty well. Oh, yeah, me too. It's awesome. <laughs> it's like the best thing ever. Man, you know what's great? Being not five feet tall. Yeah. <laughs> being a fucking legal midget. What's an illegal midget? Have you ever thought of that? <laughs> the phrase legal midget? Like, am I an illegal midget because I don't qualify as a legal midget? Because I like Done. the sound of that. Done. You're too you tall are to be a legal midget. You and Nicole Black are illegal midgets from now on. Beautiful. I, we're sticking with that. Um, look for Demo. You can find him on Facebook, Demo McDonald. But I want to get involved with architects. How do we find architects? I post an event every week. Um, so just, I mean, look me up. Friend me on Facebook if you want to, or just follow my feed. I post architect with this picture every week, so we can see that. Most people won't um, see. Most people only hear this. Justin, what's um, the web's fa- Facebook page? Uh, I posted in the comments. Uh, there's Architects Belly Specific uh, as a group. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the Architects uh, General, which is the Free Fly Coaching Group. But it, but even if you go to the Architects uh, General, you can ask questions and they can lead you to us. So. Nice. I need your help with one thing. Marlon Mahoney, the founder of Architects, mm-hmm. is eventually going to come join us on the show. Awesome. Our schedule is not really worked out yet. You definitely uh, motivate and tell him about your experience if you found it worthwhile. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and hopefully we'll get Marlon on here. It really, I think, has just been, been, been a scheduling conflict. Yeah, Marlon's um, an incredible coach. Um, super he's chill been dude. He's been my son Jacob's coach since, since he started Free Flat. You should have ended He's been my son Jacob. <laughs> there you go. I replaced them with Marlon. Um, speaking of actually uh, 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 tunnel coaches, next week, Justin, next week, uh, Nick, just to let you guys know, uh, next Thursday night, I confirmed, you know Waz? Uh-huh. Waz from iFly Austin and yep. will be joining us next Thursday night. So just on that tunnel instructor side. Uh, wrapping up, before we go much further, or before we wrap up, anything do you want the, the public to know about Demo? Um, a cork in your butt. I'd like to know anything about Demo. <laughs> John, the architect's, or the toxic system. Um, what what else would you like to? Just have fun with skydiving. Live. Don't just exist in life. Guys, if if you are looking to find demo, uh, and if you if you download the podcast version, look at the notes on the podcast. We will be sharing the Architects Facebook page on there. I'll be sharing demo's Facebook uh, page on there, so you guys know how directly how how to get directly a hold of them. If you are on the video version of the podcast on Facebook, uh, look in the comments. Justin Grubbs has, has linked all of that for us. Great. Now I'm a. <laughs> The weird part is, is in three months from now, somebody's going to listen to this and come up to you and talk to you like this conversation happened Just yesterday, happened. <laughs> and you're going to be like, what the fuck are you talking you about, know, man? I get that all the time anyway. I yeah. Mean, you spend a month away from the drop zone, your life comes at you fast, so you can't always be there when you want to. And all the staff are different. <laughs> yeah, and you come back and all the staff is different, but all of a sudden people are coming up, are you Demo? 
Yes. Why? <laughs> what? Did somebody say something? No, we smelt you coming. Right? Pretty much. Mr. P, what you got? Company karaoke night. We're going to have the fights I just found out. I'm pretty excited. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that means I got to hang out the DZ till midnight. Oh, boy. I turned into a pumpkin. I'm asleep there. In your van. In the man van. In the you van. Know yeah, in the van. Mr. Grubbs. I just wanted to say uh, thanks, Demo, for everything you do. Uh, it's been great uh, getting coaching from you from my 26th jump to even still now, like almost three years later. And flying with Toxic. Yeah. It really is cool. I did not realize how full circle that this came for you guys. I knew I knew the connection at Toxic, but I didn't realize that full circle. Yeah. To close the show, I've always wanted to say this. Justin, hit my music. No, for real, as you hit the music, demo, thank you for being here. Thank you for everything you've done for skydiving, for the people. Man, I said hit my music. You fucking behind the curve yeah, or no what, way. you little son of a bitch? Man. He- <laughs> 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 guys, gals, Demo, thank you for being here. Thank you for joining the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Folks, thank you to Velocity Sports Equipment, the maker of Infinity Rigs. Uh, this is Gravity Lab Radio. I am DJ Marvin. Blue Skies, we are out.